Who? Drizzle. Drizzle. All right, give me a second. Drizzle, right, drizzle, drizzle, drizzle. A little better. Yes, drizzle. <laughs> that that that's the most common nickname people tell me. Oh, so how's your mate Drizzle doing? <laughs> yeah. And when I hear that, I'm going to be like, I'm. I will stab you. Drizzle. Oh, it's okay. Uh, Ma Maggie, so her her name is Magok, and of course everyone's like, your your mate's name is Maggot, and I'm like, no, it's not Maggot. <laughs> See, I would have gone with just, I would have just gone more like Scottish and just be like Magok. Magok, <laughs> right? Magok. Oh my god. Hmm. You all, I swear to gosh, what am I gonna do with you all? <laughs> uh, talk talk to us for an hour. Talk to you guys for an hour. That's so demanding, though. Yeah. Well, True. no, wait. You're the one that demanded that we be here, so... I know. I'm yeah. demanding. <laughs> 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 All right. So we're getting ready to start now. Forever hold your Please. peace. And... We Jeez. all ready? I don't want to hold my peace for that long. Should you push yeah. to squawk uh, or squawk Well, I mean, you would need two or three hands to... Truly hold your peace, Creo. So I understand your pain. Um, it's it's wow. very true. It's 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 definitely uh, uh, a burden. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine trying uh, to get boxers for Creos? My God. So um... no. <laughs> I mean, you can't. It's impossible. I mean, it's yeah, impossible. Storm. It's pretty much impossible too. So, without further ado, let us introduce everyone to the beginning of. Season three of Bird Life. Feathered home haven, from the cliffs to the nested trees, griffins, peckers, and ravens, always be beeping, joining the aliens, making conversations. Welcome to the Bird Life Podcast. Welcome to the Bird Life Podcast. Woohoo! Season Woohoo. three, we're back, bitches. We are back. Um, <laughs> we are contractually obligated to continue, and of course, being the way I am, I waited to exactly eleven fifty nine, fifty nine p.m. on the last day of the contract <laughs> to finally agree to continue going. Because damn there it, I'm going to exercise my time off as much as possible. Makes sense. So, then is the subtitle of this season Tokyo Drift? <laughs> Tokyo <laughs> Drift. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, so, I'm your host, Storm Griffin, and along with us, we have Arnpour. Hello. Drizzle. Hello. Eclipse. Hello. The keeper of all historical knowledge. I try. And Krios. The maker of all that historical knowledge. <laughs> Amazing. The maker of Canadian maple syrup, the, the original. Don't Man, even make if me I start. if if I invented maple syrup, I would be probably diabetic. <laughs> You'd be the prime minister and diabetic. And diabetic. <laughs> <Peace drunk> supply. <laughs> yeah, I think Canada wouldn't have a beaver at that point. I think by that point it would have to be a uh, a horse, a Canadian horse. Well, well I mean, you could just have the Canadian hippogriff. How hungry would you have had to be to be in Canada and say, I wonder what I could eat if I stabbed this tree? <laughs> those oh gosh. 
Those are questions best left unasked. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, if it's a Canadian hippogriff, it would probably be, like, half moose, half goose. Moose, goose. Yeah. Wow, totally. that would be the most ornery thing ever. Ornery. Also very violent. O ornery, yeah, ornery, that's a word. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. I know. Hornery, yes. Hornery, too, yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah, will yeah. say nothing. You will say nothing. Also, what have you been up to, Krios? Not a whole lot. Uh, pretty much not a whole lot. I, uh, I'm i on a seasonal layoff right now from work because of lack of work. Oh. <laughs> so, so here I am. A couple months, maybe. Um, Up in Canada, do you all get unemployment during that time? Sure do. Oh, that's nice. I know. That must um, be nice. Was, yeah, I know in Indiana it was the same way when you got laid off. The um, the unions paid into the unemployment fund, so you actually would get unemployment, which was nice. Yeah, um, we uh, we pay out we pay into EI uh, every check. Everybody up in Canada. So if you have to go off for whatever reason, hey, there you go. Very useful. All right, Eclipse. <laughs> so what have you been up to? Uh, a lot of writing, believe it or not. Oh, my. Yeah. A uh, little special project of mine that I'm doing. Maybe I'll get to talk about it later. Maybe not. But I've uh, been doing a lot of writing and teaching and uh, not much else, really. <laughs> wow. What Top can I say? Straightforward. Writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I got to ask, does it involve a beak? So I want to know, is there a beak involved? There are beaks involved in parts of it, yes. Oh my goodness, we have found the secret. Yeah. <laughs> not all beak, though. It's not all beaky. <sighs> well, you know, you got to honor some of the other people since they did probably kick in coin to the project. Precisely. Exactly. <laughs> hey, dragons need affirmative action, too. Oh, <laughs> so, Arnpour, what, what have you been up to since we last talked? Well, um, last night I did homework on the thing that's supposed to be the topic at hand. Um, aside from that, I've just been continuing with my promises and uh, been a good beaky beak. Been Aww. a good beaky beak. The only good beaky beak we have on this panel. I'm so proud Aww. of you. Congratulations. <laughs> and then last for a reason, Drezzle. What have you been up to since? Well, this is your first time on in a long time. So what have you been up to since you were last on the show seasons ago? Oh, well, let's see. I I stopped commuting 75 miles and decided to commute one time 1,500 miles and move across the country. So there's that. But yeah, otherwise... Small achievement. You know, it's, yeah. yeah, small achievement. Um, other than that, just kind of been living my life, doing, uh, doing the Derg thing, playing some Dungeons & Dragons, doing some artwork. And... Are, you the, are you the dragon in that? So I have three characters technically in the campaign I'm in because my first and primary character, a bird bard, had made a deal with a dragon and became a horcrux and went on a revenge mission. So then to explain away why I couldn't play him, I had to develop two more characters, one of which 
is a kobold priest of the religion that the bird bard had started, worshipping a dragon that we have as a uh, political liaison, essentially, in our little campaign. And... Ooh. Oh, yes. I like it. Oh, yes. It's very, very uh, involved. And the kobold gets to wear a giant hat that's almost as tall as he is. <laughs> you had leave me at worshiping dragons. Yeah, leave right. It, leave it at Drezzle to factor in the hats. Tall hat. Yes, it's all about the hats. Well, well, the the it's like any religion. The higher you are in the standing, the bigger the hat you have. <laughs> that makes sense. It's the yeah, way it goes. Yeah, that's yeah, like kind of like kind of like with birds. You know, the the higher you are in society, the bigger the hackles. We know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's for, me, get. for me, uh, the reason why I am fashionably late to this recording session, not that our audience actually knows that, but now you do, is because I have just completed a three-hour-long mission to make a duct tape dummy. For those that don't know, you have to create a duct tape dummy in order to get a fursuit made from most makers. And it involves typically getting a, um, in my case, a painter's suit and using duct tape and going in lateral and parallel to make lines so that way everything lines up nicely and following a guide. Well, what they don't tell you is it takes a long time and it takes a very long time when you do multiple layers. And when you're a big stocky griff like me, it takes a very, very long time. To the, the tune of a little over of three thick. hours. With double C's? Exactly. Thick. Yes, Norm the Thick Griffin. Seven rolls of tape and three hours later, we have completed that mission. Drezzle no longer has functioning paws, but that's okay. It's not like he used <laughs> them anyway. So, yes, I'm very excited for the future. He loved it so much, he's still wearing the duct tape dummy. <laughs> oh, God, no. I took that thing off and took a shower immediately. It was... It was oh. Oh. So now it's when someone terrible. asks, like, uh, so how big is Storm Griffin? You can say seven rolls of duct tape. Yes. And it'd be accurate. And it'd be accurate. Yes. yes. Anything but the metric system. Any, oh, yeah. If, you're, if we're American, anything but metric. <laughs> how much does Storm weigh? One-fourth of one Dodge... Ram pickup truck. <laughs> well, that's like fifty ducks. That's yeah. a lot of ducks. Yeah, that that's that's a lot. That's you a don't lot. want to have all those ducks all in one area. No, but you would know all about that, Krios. So yeah, you know, at least at least here in America, the freedom unit is the standardized unit of measurement across all forms of measurement. Unlike oh, in Canada, it's well, it depends on what you're measuring, you know. When you're talking about the weather, then yeah, we'll measure it in Celsius. But if we're talking about the pool temperature, then that's Fahrenheit. And we'll cook in Fahrenheit, but, you know, pick one. Come on. He's not, Fahrenheit He's not is, wrong. Fahrenheit is better for people temperatures, though. Yes. I will say that, and I will say that with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> to America. I work in the trades, so we use both. Yes. Yes, you do. Especially since you work in North America. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we have to know both just because, you know, some materials and whatnot we get, all the uh, specifications are in metric, but the trade generally uses, we use standard more than we use metric, to be honest. That doesn't surprise me. As a maintenance professional in the United States, I don't think I have ever had the use of my metric wrenches. Well, you haven't been a mechanic have, very long. They have a fine layer of dust on them. Oh, no, it's oh. because everything I work on is in freedom. Wow. <laughs> You've made American Eagles proud. And speaking of that, that segues into our topic for this week, and that is birds in space. Actually... Space. <laughs> Someone actually had to had... do it. Exactly. <laughs> Someone had to do it. We have had incidents in the past from NASA that we've had things break because one group of scientists use metric and the others use freedom units to try to build something and the formulas naturally didn't work and that doesn't work very well in space. Things tend to go wrong quite badly. Mm. So, yeah, most scientific things of that nature tend to now be metric for a reason. It just but, shows that space isn't free. No, space is not free. Or is it? After all, what is the definition of free? Is free of Ooh, one's yes. atmosphere free? Is free of heat and protection? Is free to absorb all the radiation that makes you glow like the beautiful glow-in-the-dark griffin you are? Eclipse. I thought that, I thought that free space was that one Windows game that came preloaded on like. 2000 <laughs> XP. Wait, 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 wait. Eclipsy glows. I, 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 I'm monochromatic. This uh, is what I'm taking away from this conversation. No, it's less glow. This is far too existential for for the time that we're recording this for me. <laughs> See, Eclipse grows and glows in a. Krios and I, we blow. It, it's it's different. But, there you um, go. But, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yes. We're just going to roll with that. Use your imagination. <laughs> so when it comes to uh, birds in space, I have to wonder, how would life for a bird being in space work? Especially when it comes to what would we eat? How would we sleep? Are wings useful in any way? No. Let's discuss no. it. <laughs> There's nothing to push against, so you can't fly. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be good to flap and just look like a derp. <laughs> no, um, see, I've thought of this. I've thought of this. If we're outside doing work on a space station or whatnot, having wings could work very well for blocking out the sun. And also... Solar power. Throw on some solar power packs in your wings and just hang out there, keep them spread, and it'll power your tools. Assuming that your suit has protection for your wings. Otherwise, those poor those poor babies are going to be hurting. Exactly. Though I think at this point, if we're going to have birds in space, we would have the technology to protect our precious wings. Though I've got to refer to the doctor of Griffin history, is there any precedent set for avians in space? Ooh, I not to my knowledge. Uh, bird, birds are certainly able to fly high. 
Uh, I don't think they're able to break the stratosphere, however. Right, but there is reference to, in some cultures, bird gods. And some of these bird gods are rumored to have come from space. Ah, uh, well, I, I mean, you've got the Garuda, for one. Um, I don't... Well, the Garuda is more Hindu and Buddhist. Um, v- very... It, it is seen as looking down upon others, so that's why birds uh, in... Ancient cultures were very popular godlike figures because they are looking down as protectors, as uh, the watchers of all of us. So I'm not sure. I personally don't know anything of like maybe an interstellar bird coming from one place to another to observe over uh, humanity. But uh, there are a good number of bird-like deities that uh, observe us. Yeah. Horus. Horus, the god of the sun. Oh, see, when, there you go. See, when you say Horus, I think of the griffin. I know that's a um, pilot. It's <laughs> 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 a frog god of the sun, though. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Horus, and it always reminds me of Aladdin and the King of Thieves. That one, uh, that one part when the red carpet scene was going on, and the genie's like, "Oh, look, there's there's Osiris, Osiris, screech." <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you've also set. Isn't set a uh, a bird god as well? I don't. Because there's Osiris. Sense. There's Osiris. There's Horus. Yeah. Um, you, you've got Thoth. Thoth. Ra, is. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. He he has an ibis head. Thoth has an ibis head. Uh, he's more. Um, I, I I think he's more like the intelligent one. Like he is the uh, god of writing and science and the like. Uh, which, you know, birds, intelligent, appropriate, very appropriate. Mm-hmm. So I That's actually true. learned something very interesting about Thoth. Mm. That the uh, way that you spelled Thoth in ancient Egyptian was essentially it looked like O-W-O. For oh, no. So and since he's the god of knowledge, you could literally ask Thoth, oh, oh what's no. this? Okay, so have we found the <clears throat> historical beginnings of Wu? I've got to ask. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Furries transcend time, apparently. There you my go. Goodness. I mean, they're all, like, based around animals as well, so that kind of fits perfectly. That's true. Very, very true. Yeah. Do you think, for birds in space, that we would have tasty noms to enjoy? Tardigrades. Had to be really careful of opening the seed package. And why is that, oh fellow? Because, you know, you're just going to get seed everywhere, and that's the last thing you want in a space station. Yeah, but oh, I get it's seed gonna everywhere get... for multiple reasons. Just seed. It's, it's going to be more dangerous in your space station, though, where all of your nice sensitive equipment is just going to be infested with seeds. However, if I'm not mistaken, the seed probably wouldn't rot, would it? Like, if it goes mm. somewhere, I, I don't think it would have... No, would it have you? Yeah, there's no. Well, maybe in inside, as there would be, you know, pressure and oxygen and atmosphere. Well, right, it could right. Be stale, I would imagine. Could lose some of its freshness. I mean, I would think that it would just become like a paste, like the space food, the uh, astronaut food that they have. Feed paste. There you go. 
So it would be like kind of like toothpaste or whatnot. When it's time to eat, you squirt that bird, premium bird shitty goodness into your beak. And bird like, paste. Oh god. Yeah, yeah I, that I was gonna say good. it would just be like it would just be like any furry con seed paste everywhere. <laughs> oh my. Very good for both your diet and keeping the space station clean. There you go. I, mean, I guess it could be fish paste if you're a sea eagle. True, true, <laughs> true. And it could be wasabi paste if you're Drezzle, because he likes flamey things. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, but then think of the smell in the station, though. If you start doing that... Of course, leave it to you to go to the smell of the station. I mean, you are... I would. <laughs> There's, we have standards, it. damn it. <laughs> They're low, but we still have <laughs> We have no. them. Well, I mean, we're in space. I mean, I would say your standards are pretty high if we're in space. Let's be honest. Indeed, are they and high I would be... or are they <laughs> low because of low gravity? I mean, that's the thing. Under what scale are you dictating this high versus low? Well, when it comes to my sense of smell, that is about comfort and that is about relaxation. And if there's wasabi paste flying around everywhere... <laughs> That is highly distracting. <laughs> and I will you not know, stand for it. You're just sleeping, floating there, and all of a sudden, wasabi paste right in the nares. Ah, oh gosh, no. Well, we know who to blame, and that is the resident dragon in the room. Yep, get Drizzle. It's all his No, fault. no, don't vote me. I, I, I saw Krios vent. What? <laughs> Krios has a vent? It's good to know. I am not sus. <laughs> Although, Dre Drezzle, however, just to kind of tangentially move to Drezzle as a dragon, would have a very interesting time breathing fire in space. That's true. Because it would if be we had like oxygen ratio too wrong, it would burn down the space. <laughs> One, it would have to be very specific. But two, it could be like uh, uh, like fire in space is almost liquid like in how it moves or flows. Uh, it, it it would be interesting. It would be an interesting experiment to see how that would how that would work. I would say. So we need to send a dragon into space. What happens if you you know have a dragon rip one? Is that like, oh, no. does that like blast our space station off in the direction we want it to go? Just strap Drez up outside, give him a can of Bush's baked beans and say, once it's time to fire, we're going to go in that direction. Okay. So our union steward was off that day when they made Dragonheart 2 and they had that one scene. Oh my. That's oh, right. No. We all know. I forgot about that. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> Union Stewart. Oh, jeez. Wow. Jeez. Uh, but, you know, taking a step back and appreciating this for a moment, what the hell would a bird spacesuit look like? Ooh. Would it be form-fitting to, like, your beak? Would it actually have the dome thing, like kind of the human ones do? Or will we kind of look like space cyborgs in a way, you know, and go out there and we're like all mechanical because that's the suit? I don't, I don't think that the helmets would be form-fitting if only because there are numerous sizes of beaks. A parrot beak is far different than a raptor beak, per se. And you would want 
a sense of uh, interconnectivity. If your suit goes down, you still want to be able to use your crewmate's suit, for example. So based on that, there should be, at least for the head, there should be some sense of uniformity. Okay. I'm God forbid if we the... get a toucan. Oh, God. I'm in favor of the 1950s toucans would be... fishbowl. Oh, they would be exempt from the space program, and they're gonna and and hopefully they would be like, yeah, we understand why. <laughs> a toucan helmet. We have like miles and miles of extra space <laughs> at the end of the. We week. have one very good reason why we're not in space. Well, toucan hummingbirds, hummingbirds as well. Uh, maybe shoe. Oh gosh, shoe bills. Yeah, they they won't be in space. Sorry, guys. I don't think I've actually seen a Shoebill character. I have seen one, and uh, it, it was played up to the unattractiveness of the character, but it just made the character really cute, I think, because, you know, when you play down your, oh, I'm not good-looking, it's like, oh, it's cute. Um, but there should be more Shoebill characters, yes. I agree. So, Arnpo, well, I mean, hello. you did top-secret research on this. Tell me what I you discovered. So last night, uh, when I discovered the topic was going to be birds in space, I was reminded of the silly game on itch.io called Cosmonet. Um, I'm trying to find... I can't find a developer <laughs> name other than Cosmonet Games, but um, that is the only lead I have to go on. You can search for it on Google and probably find it. Uh, basically, in the game, you play as a Russian scientist who is basically communicating through little text terminals uh, to various coworkers, family, and loved ones. And uh, you're doing experiments in a space station where you launch birds into a vacuum tube to see if they'll fly. Ugh. They do not fly. They just flap and awkwardly go from one end to the other. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, oh, so they stay in the space station at least. I was horrified they that they were ejecting the, yeah, the, no, they, the birds out into the atmosphere or the lack thereof. No. And they see them turn into ice crystals and just oh, float no, away. No. 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 I, I appreciate the pun in the name of the game as well. That's very nice. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. There's a pun. Uh, Cosmonet. You said the name was Cosmonet? Correct. Yeah, so a Cosmonaut. Oh, well, is yeah. a spaceman, cosmonet, cosmonaut. That's all. Okay, okay. Never I appreciate that. that. Okay, that's why we <laughs> I thought he was a bird pun. I was gonna be oh, like, no. <laughs> like, oh no. That is why we have you as part of the show, Eclipse. You you help set the record straight on all the important facts that we didn't know I, we needed to know. No, I feel like I pointed out something very obvious, and and I feel like an idiot for doing so. I'm sorry. You're fine. No, you're no, fine. No, you're fine. You're fine. This, this is, is high quality here. knowledge. This is. This is. <laughs> Also, so, thinking back to it... Oh, sorry, go on. No, go ahead, Darren Port. Go ahead. Oh, I, I did mention that the that they were being launched into a vacuum tube in the space station, though, I thought, but maybe not. <laughs> tubes! Tubes. In the tubes. tubes. Now, okay, so let's think of this. If you're in the space station and you have no artificial gravity, uh, but it is pressurized, so you're not going to turn into an icicle or something, Will your wings stay naturally closed, or will they just kind of kind of wave there and flap around because there's no gravity, and as you move, they just kind of go wherever the hell they want to go, like hair? Uh, depends on if you're actively keeping them against your back or not. 
I would say. That's what my answer would be. Because I, I would think that when we're on, you know, when we're on Earth, uh, or any planet that has decent gravity, and the way our muscle structure is set up, when we're not using the wings, they just kind of instinctively stay folded. But if we don't have that weight of gravity holding them against us, then in a way, our muscles would kind of relax, or we'd have to consciously think to keep our wings shut, or else they would kind of slowly expand a bit and flop. Uh, I would imagine that's, that that would be included in like space travel training that birds would have to do. Like, okay, yeah. you have to actively keep your wings there, otherwise they're going to go everywhere, and you're going to hit buttons, and then the red alert's going to go down, and it's going to be bad. <laughs> or maybe they know those wing straps around, you know, one of these big circles on each yeah. wing. There you go. Stay shut. Keep like a belt or something temporarily. Yeah. Buckle up your wings. We're going down. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. But yeah, you know. Yeah. I imagine you'd have to look to how modern astronauts work with their hands. You know, do they splay out their fingers when they're relaxing in zero G? I I don't know. I figure it would be something similar to that, wouldn't it? Like if you're Maybe. just think of what you're doing with your hands when you're not thinking. Like, oh, are they are the fingers spread out? Are they closed, clenched? What? That's a interesting question. They're not splayed completely out, but yeah, it's like. Well, I, I saw this video from the International Space Station a couple weeks ago, and they were internet and they were uh, they were questioning one of the astronauts up there that was a lady. I wish I remembered her name, but it escaped my name my mind for the moment. But she had really long hair, and hmm. while they were interviewing her, her hair just went everywhere on its own. <laughs> she was holding onto the wall to talk, and the hair just kept moving free as a whistle, and that made me think. I wonder if the hair just goes everywhere, what would the wing do? Now, I know our tails, like for Krios and I, our tails, that would be an interesting because I bet you it would kind of be the same metric. It probably would just kind of float around until we decided to do something with it. Oh, God. <laughs> My horsehair tail would just be everywhere. Uh, oh, gosh. It'd, be, it'd get in all the electronics. You'd get it, it would have to be everything. braided. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, get, there it you would go. Get in, it would get an arm pours drink. It would just be bad. Yeah, just be like, <laughs> oh God! It's like this isn't even main hair. This is ass hair, technically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants I'd tail be... hair in their drink. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Only the healthiest. You know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But how? Uh, you know, then I, I think a bird suit. Yeah, you know, if it was like Metroid Prime-ish kind of, that badass sci-fi look, that could be really Oh, cool. it would have to be like a mecha sort of looking suit, like an exosuit. I think the wings would be available to, to actually expand, or do you think that they would be like just uh, restrained inside the suit without the ability oh, to spread out? Probably cartmentalized, I would say, just yeah. for ease of operation. Because well, you know they're garbage. Yeah, they're basically useless. So there's well, no reason to try and use them. You might as well like tuck them away and well, you know, pack them like away. Compartmental type suits. Yeah, I would think that they would just be kind of tucked away. But if we went to total sci-fi and we went to like this liquid exoskeleton stuff that you know you opened up and it just spread all over you and formed your suit. Then, in those circumstances, your wings could be whatever you wanted them to be. 
Because that's called nanotech. Yeah, that's uh, that's nanotechnology coating right there. I love it. Yeah, it'd be great. I may have seen art of that. Yeah, it's kind of hot. It, it can be hot when done. <laughs> Although it also it also does depend on the wing structure because there are some uh, there are some birds with the uh, uh, you know with only four limbs. You know, you've got your wing arms, but yep. then there are some fingers. birds with you've got fingers. Yeah, but but then you've got some birds with six appendages. You've got your wings on your shoulder blades, and you've also got your arms and your legs. So that would have to you know. Uh, You'd have to take yeah, that I into account. Imagine if you've got flingers, that would be challenging in a spacesuit. That would be really challenging. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Core is not going to make uh, make the stratosphere anytime oh, no. soon. Oh, well. Sorry, Core. Yeah, I think Core is going to be in the International Space Station operations on Earth. Yeah, he can work. He can work on the ground. He could be ground control. There you go. You know, I'm, sur I'm surprised that all of you other birds have not remembered the most famous bird pilot that is a space fighter oh god Starfire. are you falco Captain doesn't Pilots? count Captain falco Falcon? doesn't yeah. count because he's Captain in Balls. a fighter ship he's not up in a space station or whatnot <laughs> falco also he's definitely counts he's a bird literally in space come on and he's a good looking bird too not gonna lie but still he's a bird in space He's badass. I mean, it's true. I'm not arguing that point. Yeah, but G Diffuser. Everyone's silent every time I say that. It makes, <laughs> I believe it makes like an artificial gravity. God. Something, something barrel roll. Hey, <laughs> but now know. let's ask for the inside of the space station or the space vessel we travel on. What are some bird things? we'd have to have in there for crew comfort and accommodation. And right off a the bell, bat, two, a things, two <laughs> things come to mind. Uh, a giant branch for some of our more talent-footed friends, and perhaps a really big bird bath on an auxiliary port just for Eclipse and I. <laughs> okay. What, are you saying because we need baths? What? Well, because you know our sense of smell, and we got to look good. We gotta this is true. This you do have to look good. Though, how we would keep the water in the tub? That room might have to have artificial gravity. We might have to figure that out. <laughs> just for that something, room. something, sonic shower. There you go. Oh, yeah, there, there you go. go. I like that the first thing that was said was a perch in a mirror, a bell in a mirror. Like you've got to get the good looks in first. That's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. And you also got to well, have what do they call that? The the the, the beak, the cuddle bone, the cuddle bone. Got to have a big cuddle bone. Cuddle bone, yeah, cuddle bone. I'm gonna need oh. some magnetic horseshoes because I am not the most graceful type, and I'll be bumping into everything. <laughs> all, all of the equipment would just be gone with one kick from you. <laughs> yeah, really. Like we gotta um, control that stuff. You know there is a bird toy. No There's bird. Curious. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah, that's that's just a no. <laughs> there is a bird netting that uh, birds, uh, you know, pet birds can play with. You know, you just kind of climb up and down. So I think bird toy netting would be useful, maybe along some of the sides to pull yourselves along and uh, uh, for things like that. That'd be useful. So then, are you saying that essentially the bird mothership is just a gigantic bird cage? Yeah, <laughs> like an engine strapped on the bottom. 
No, no, no. I would hope it. I would hope that the giant avian spaceship would just look like an egg. Like that's it's got to be just the it's got to be that traditional kind like it's from the 40s and the 50s you've got those egg-shaped spaceships from those old serial shows and you're wondering did the people just not have the creativity to design a spaceship <laughs> I mean birds can be pretty goddamn lazy so <laughs> we take the shortest and most direct approach from the goal to the destination I mean, That's it would right. really depend on the type of propulsion the thing's using as well. Well, we got Drezzel and Bet Bush's baked beans. We're good. Yep. So we've got dragon propulsion. That's right. We need reliable propulsion. <laughs> Trust me, Drezzel's <laughs> very reliable. He's a never-ending Not, source of hot air. Just, just randomly, just oh, full burn. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Somebody wow. cue up Johnny Cash. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we're all waiting ready for sleep and all of a sudden the alarm goes off we'll strap in we're going for another ride Drizzle had a midnight get... snack that's right if, hold on if to we're your going, if we're going to be going on interstellar journeys you know even my talents are not going to be enough you're going to have to get about a dozen or so other dragons and we're just going to have to recreate the scene from Blazing Saddles <laughs> so I, I like I like what I'm hearing. Uh, what I'm hearing is in the avian spaceship, the dragons are the subordinates. They are the, the help. They are the yes. help, right? I'm I'm okay with this. I'm liking this idea. Uh, yes, the, the propulsion let's... system. We're engineering. Excuse us. <laughs> we have a make union. The ship go. Yeah, don't worry. You'll have some accommodation. We do have a fire pit for you to pretend to blow things up. You're good. But it's just a room made of asbestos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a target, and the, and what he doesn't know is by shooting this flame ball at this thing, what he's doing is just making really hot water so he can take showers and ba- bird baths in. Don't worry, it's perfectly safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sign here. <laughs> so moving on to some questions from our faithful listeners. Mm. Sable Dracon asks, what do you think would be the weapon archetype of choice for the ships of space-faring birds? Ooh, probably something sonic. I'm thinking like seed a, cannons. See, seed cannons? See, I was going the more like sonic burst sort of screeching scream attacks. Scream cannons. Ooh. Yeah, scream cannon. Scree cannons. Fire Screen up the scrim. Okay, but wait, I gotta pause. <laughs> we gotta have a sci-fi debate right now. If there Uh-oh. is no, if there is nothing in space, if it's a true vacuum, okay, which is debatable because some people say no, there's still something there. But if it's a true vacuum, is it possible to hear sound in space? Nope. But you can no. you can feel vibration. Yeah, sound should not travel in space. You need something to move through. You need a liquid, you need a gas, you need a solid, you need something to move the vibrations through. And if there's nothing to vibrate, there's no sound. Sound literally is movement. When you think, when you boil it down, sound is movement. There's nothing to move in space. There can be no sound. 
So if a tree Oh, there goes the scrim cannons. Yeah, that does make... Yeah, I just shot my own idea in the foot. Damn it. Smooth! If, I if, know! If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, did it make a sound? Yes. yes. Yeah. Because there's air it displaced. Correct. But it doesn't have the nature of sound that you have. someone has to hear the sound for it to exist. No. No. Okay, so if you're out <laughs> in space and an explosion goes off, and we can all agree a, this, an explosion would dissipate energy, and your spaceship yes. is nearby and it gets hit with some of that energy, not enough to break it, but enough to definitely cause it to be felt, then that could be a form of sound, because you would feel it. Again, I mean, assuming that uh, sound is movement, then yeah. Okay. Ah, I, I mean, this. you're talking about radiation in a sense, like radio itself is kind of like electromagnetic radiation, um, kind of like light. And, and I mean, it's, gosh, that's a big question. I wish I had more knowledge of it. <laughs> this is way above my horsebird brain. Yeah. Uh, the questions that pop into my mind. I think, though, for space cannon, okay, for, for ship defenses, right, we have to dispatch fighter birds, robotic AI-driven fighter birds from, like, Battlestar Galactica, but they all look like these badass laser-firing eagles. You have different colors, and they're fired out of a giant slingshot. I've played this game. <laughs> Huh. Huh. We yeah, only have a few birds. shots and we're going to lose some personnel, but it's going to be worth it. Oh, come on. We can afford computers, you silly dragon. Arnpour, <laughs> what do you think? Oh, for space weapons in a bird theme, uh, I'm, I'm kind of digging the whole uh, firing off little robotic birds. Yeah. Of course, I mean, I think of, I try to think of slightly more pragmatic kinetic weapons, like uh, rail-based cannons, maybe firing tungsten, but that's the down-to-earth side of me, of, like, what's readily available and probably kind of boring. Um, they could be birdseed-shaped, though. True. True. Tungsten no, birds. No, no, no. The whole, the whole station's going to have two gigantic wings that open up, and it fires off the... Uh, Feathers as rail projectiles. Okay, I'm down. I'm so fucking Holy shit. Okay. I'm so down. And at the and at the tip of each feather has got to be like this nuclear bomb type stuff to where when it hits the target, it just explodes in rainbow gay proudness. It would be great. Oh my gosh. I actually have input from a third party. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Um, a, sp a certain pirate eagle has provided me with their input. Oh. Um, as for birds in space, the only two things I can think about are Starbound Avians and Falco. As for weapons, armored talons would be pretty fitting. And there would be an interesting conflict between natural winged avians and jetpack users. But <laughs> I wouldn't interrupt your podcast. Didn't know you guys were talking right this second. I'll leave you to it. Part. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm not supposed to read that part. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Thanks, Beagle. <laughs> Beagle on at some point. <sighs> Big. So, all right, moving on here. Soul Ember asks, would birds fly egg-shaped spacecraft? Well, we already covered that. this. 
I believe we already covered that. Definitely. Eggcraft. Yeah. Eggcraft. Eggcraft definitely going to happen. All right. Vrexian Dragon asks, wing boosters, yay or nay? Ooh. If they were done correctly, sure. (laughs) You're literally the only one who can nay. Nay. There you go. Okay. (laughs) I could see if they were like on top of your wings or where the muscle is on the very top of your wing when they fold a bunch of little jets that would not set your wings on fire, number one, but strategically firing. You know, to help you boost you in certain directions. I could see that happening. Probably be like little maneuvering thrusters rather than like jets. Yeah, little thrusters. Yeah, I could do. Totally see that. Totally. I like that. <clears throat> Neurologically bound to the bird. So when you use your wings, you're also using the jets. We're going to increase Thanks. the speed I've... of this mother clucker by 9,000. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're a penguin, so you're not so you're not going very far. But damn it, we're going going to make that go fast. Initiate waddle. (laughs) (laughs) Core that fucking raven asks, how do flap in zero g? Oh, you can flap in zero g. Whether it actually does anything is another is a different story. I think it might. It might cause you to tumble around, actually. That'd be interesting. I think to it watch. would send you in circles. Yeah, like, oh, like, flap one way, you go to the left, flap another way, you go to the right. And, and if you're trying to have a conversation, you just look like you're really drunk and crashing into the sides of the ship. Please refer <laughs> to my earlier derp flapping comment. <laughs> right. Soul Ember asks What would you name your own spacecraft? Mm. The Squawkinator. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go one. You're just gonna name it one. No, Screegle one. Screegle one. Screegle okay. one. I said the Squawkinator. What do you guys come up with? Hmm. I'm partial to the Highwind from uh, Kingdom Hearts. The Highwind. Okay. Sounds very fitting. Isn't the, isn't the Highwind from literally every Final Fantasy game? Yeah, but the specific ship that you fly is the Highwind. The, yeah, uh, that's fair. Lego well, Dres is used the to gummy. being the low end, so high. I would have to call mine the Feather Strike. Ooh, Ooh. I like that. I like that. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I dig it. I, I, I'm just gonna go simple. I would go the the like U.S. the ISS or whatever it is, the Wandering Albatross. BSS. The BSS, Berdania Space uh, Spaceship, right? The BSS Wandering Albatross. It's the it's the bird with the biggest wingspan. It can, it should theoretically be able to fly and travel the furthest, and uh, I like the imagery of that. See, I thought you'd be the uh, the BKN, the Burdanian Knowledge Nutcracker, because you'd be the flying library. I would like that. I, I'm not intelligent enough to pick that up immediately, though. Just an entire library flying through space. I just, this is what I'm picturing. I would read that. Eclipse at the helm with this big shit eating grin across his beak. What is that? Uh, In in the movie Serenity, there was someone called Mr. Universe who had a, essentially a big old space station that he collected all the transmissions from the entire space sector and 
collected all information and he died because of it. So I don't know if being the sole holder of knowledge is good in space. Now Please Eclipse don't would the just be flying a giant book and he would just be like in the Borg suit. <laughs> no, here's the question that everyone's got to ask, okay? What would Eclipse do if you're late returning your library book? Ooh. Ooh. I know Can I that... know what I would do. <laughs> oh, what would you do, Eclipse? Uh, I would ask you if you were enjoying your book. And is that the reason why you haven't returned it yet? I'm going to do the passive-aggressive route. That's what I would do. As you show up with your library spaceship 9000. Yeah, right. Meanwhile, the spaceship. As soon as you say, no, I just forgot, then you're done for. Yeah. It would have to be a stealth ship just called a stealth ship just called the librarian because it's so quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Are you done with your book? All the cannons are on you. The lights are on you. And you're like, yes, I'm done. I loved it, too. Power up the Hushinator. <laughs> the Hushinator. <laughs> I love oh, it. Oh, that is funny. That is very funny. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all night. Try the roast beef. <laughs> now, Eclipse. Hmm. I'm going to ask you this first, and everyone else can chime in, especially Arnpour, since they've done research as well. If you are living in a zero-G environment for an extended period of time, will your beak continue to grow downward and out correctly? Wow. Um, I don't know. Um, does... uh, I would think so but i don't have any knowledge to back up that answer um i'm gonna say yes just because it should (laughs) it sounds right i don't know like your toenails and whatnot don't grow down because of gravity so i would imagine it be the just follows the natural curves of your face yeah I, I, I really don't know. I'm not really a biology expert. Well, because I know that your body responds to gravity. And right. I, just may, I wonder about these things. Because, you know, especially for an extended period of time, you really do start to change. I mean, astronauts that have been in space for a long period of time, their bones get a bit weaker and such. And things well, change over that. So I'm just well, I'm curious. So doesn't grow differently and i'm trying to see if fingernails will grow differently and i don't I, think they do i don't think so because they're dead uh, 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 uh fingernails and beaks are keratin they're they're yeah. not it's not a living substance it's not anything that's getting uh sustenance from your body so if anything um your skin or or uh whatever is close to your nares might pull back a little it might give a perception of growth but there wouldn't be uh there there, there wouldn't be like real growth or anything i don't think hmm. yeah that sounds sciencey enough that i can agree with based on my research yeah that seems to be it so far um plants will grow weird though Oh. So your feathers might grow weird. Well, actually, your feathers... No, your feathers aren't really alive, because that's keratin-based as well. Mm-hmm. So it would probably still kind of be the same, but in zero gravity, they may still behave slightly differently. So we might need to preen a bit more often, is what you're saying. 
potentially Ma yeah you might actually oh. see you might see droopage like uh, uh just because you you're not using your your wings that much you're not going to be using that as much so you actually might see your wings drooping more if i if i thought about it so he's got a pill for that now yeah yeah <laughs> jesus so uh, then, 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 as part of your exercise in space, when you're in the fitness room, flapping your wings when you're like braced on the wall holding handles, that might be oh, something yeah. you have to do. Have you ever seen a Have you ever seen a pet parrot get the zoomies? Yes. Yeah, where they just cling to something and flap the ever loving crap out of their wings. You've yeah. got to do that up in space. Though we have to shut the door, or else feathers would go everywhere. Yeah, I think I would. I would call it mandatory zoomies. Mandatory, <laughs> mandatory zoomies. zoomies. Mandatory zoomies. And, and for Krios, it's mandatory hoofies. And then he comes hoofies. out of the room very high. So, yes. Oh. No, what that's roofies. What kind of things that's, are we that's, doing? That's, that's mandatory roofies. That's, no, that's different. That's different. <laughs> oh. oh. I'm so high right now. <laughs> what, why did track. I just imagine you being that dancing, talking turd from South Park? My God. Oh, I think he's Mr. Towel. Hanky? Mr. Yes. Hanky. You sounded just like Mr. Hanky. Well, I think Mr. I was Hanky. going for Towelie to start, yeah. but. <laughs> but I think they've got similar voices. Oh, oh, my God. God. That's like perfect. Towelie always says, always bring a towel. <laughs> oh, God. You got a water smoker, Joy? What well, have you now done? Now that, I'm, I'm down. You know, we just legalized weed <laughs> in Arizona, so I'm down for that. But, um, oh really? Yes, yeah. totally legal. Nice. Uh, they just opened the stores too, and um, there's such a rush on demand that uh, you have to wait a while. They're running low on supply. Look, the same the same thing happened up here when all of our stores uh, opened up uh, the first day of legalization. They were only operating on like 25 percent stock of what they were expecting. Yep. But nice. give it but time. everything's good now. So, uh, last but not least, of course, what would your space station nest accommodations look like? Uh, there would be rubber all over the floor, even though I'd be floating. I, I just want to keep my fish plush. <laughs> well, yeah. All right, so, so I'm going to describe I mean, mine. It's going to be a nice plush nest on strapped to the side of the wall. And when you get in it, you got the blanket that's actually, you know, strapped to the wall itself. So you get in, you press the straps down, and you kind of curl up, and you relax. I chirp a certain way, and the mood music kicks on. And I just get to sit there and relax, and on command, with a nice, fresh, ice-cold Coca-Cola floats over, and I get to have my Coke whenever I want it. You're so it American. <laughs> it would be it would be it would be in a package though right like you're you're talking packaged coca-cola yes. your freedom is showing yeah. your freedom is showing where where are the compartments for all of the uh the bacon and the fireworks creos uh, <laughs> trust me they're there so <laughs> i know so, that's why i bring it up <laughs> So now, now that I've you know set the set the expectations, just fully describe your room now. Uh, mine's gonna look like a, a stable nest. So it's got a nest inside of a, a stable. Her, 
<laughs> there are going to be various dispensers for, uh, you know, uh, maple syrup, because you got to have that. Uh, and a very, very good exhaust system for when I feel like lighting up. In space. In space. I'll be with you when you're lighting up. We'll totally just oh, token up in yeah. And then country music television will kick on for some random reason. We'll blame Eclipse for it. Oh, God, no. CMT? No. There, no, will, there, will, be, there will be no country music on my space station. I will eject every one of you imposters. Here is, now, here's, here's going to be a surprise for you all. So uh -huh. I will have numerous nooks. So if you're talking nesting, I would have little nooks. So I would have a reading nook. I would have a sleeping nook. I would have maybe uh, a writing nook or something like that. So there'd be little places I could climb over to and stay inside. However, whilst I am writing, if anyone were to come over and like take off my headphones whilst I'm writing, they would hear uh, symphonic metal. They would hear some really heavy metal, uh, really pounding drums and guitars and some uh, uh, some percussion. I surprise a lot of people when I say I listen to metal to relax and concentrate on writing. <laughs> yeah, that's like the I exact mean, opposite I would expect. Precisely, precisely, yeah. I mean, I actually do that to, to mellow out some days. Yeah. I'll just put on some metal or whatnot and just let it play. It's, I uh, do that it when is, I'm getting psyched up to call the IRS. Well, <laughs> I, I think the reason is is uh, I, I'm not a very aggressive person. I'm, I'm not a very uh, even an, an assertive person. So the music, that hard pounding music, actually kind of takes over that, uh, that mental state for me. It helps me be in that... Uh, kind of assertive and aggressive mindset and I need to be assertive I need to be aggressive if I want to write so it it helps me get in the mindset of I can do this I am able to do this and there's a scientific reason for that so yeah I love metal music to help me write and concentrate that is fantastic. well that's very interesting so, yeah so when you come to my nest in space you will hear metal probably if I'm writing <laughs> I well, approve of this. Yeah. My nest would have um, trance music. That's just <laughs> how I am. It, it would look like a nightclub with the lights and LEDs going off at times. It would be it would be all the rage. I got something you can meet then. The music I like to listen to is defined as anything that Storm hates. <laughs> <laughs> so I, CMT. I so if CMT goes on, it's your fault. Oh, no, no, because I also hate CMT. But... Oh, okay. Uh, like so anything from that, <laughs> anything from video game soundtracks to that weird part of YouTube where you know you'll listen to the Leak Spin song or you know oh, Mary Poppins God. sings death metal to <laughs> Sea Shanties. Mary Poppins sings what? Oh yeah, she sings okay. death metal. It's very good. She she's got some wicked pipes on her. Jesus. So describe your nest then, besides Mary Poppins letting it rip. Oh. oh I would... So I would think that I would be a bit more practical. Uh, I would have sort of, since I can't sleep on a horde of coins in space due to zero G, I would need essentially like a capsule, if you think of like a Japanese style hotel 
where you can just kind of slide into a hole. There's a mesh on the top so you don't go floating off as you're sleeping, but the walls are lined in gold. And of course. like the stereo system and like all the electronics and things like that, all the switches and knobs, those are my gems. And it would have, you know, a very nice PC setup and a gaming rig and I think that's what uh my my crew quarters would sound like is just the most amount of gold that you can pack into a uh a single room. Sounds comfy. Yeah. Yeah, it's very Sounds comfy. extravagant. Sounds like a waste of money. <laughs> uh, but gold is absolutely the best thing to sleep on. It's so soft. It it contours to the body. It's like memory foam if you're a dragon. Well, on the plus <laughs> side, if we need to repair anything on the ship, gold is a great conductor. We'll just rip your room apart. There you go. That's why we really keep you around. <laughs> That's why we allow you on. Arnpour, describe your space nest. Oh, I mean, it can be very, very modest so long as it has uh, private access to a holodeck. Oh, only that. Hey, no, that's I mean, not really, fair. I, that's I mean, awesome. You know, no. all of you guys had this option. All you guys had <laughs> options to have a holodeck, and we, we you know, really nobody did. said it, yep. so... We really it's, did. Armpour's yeah, the smart one. I, You know, it could be whatever at that point, because I could just hang out in the holodeck and have literally whatever I want when I feel like it, because if I'm in the same room for, like, a long, long, long period of time, I will go crazy. Okay, like so that what we're doing is we're going into your room and you're not there and we're borrowing the holodeck. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, that's fine, that's fine. I mean, I'll, I'll charge by the minute, though. You're going to charge? You're going to charge? Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Well, space currency. Space well, currency. I, I love that. Space uh, bucks. This <laughs> is space bucks. Arnpour is like Tom Hardy from Inception. Like, don't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, that oh, was boy. Tom Hardy, right? I can't remember. I think it was. I, I, I don't know. Anyway. So, all right. So, we have hit that magic time where it's time to wrap up. Any final words? Squawk. Peep. Nay. Hey, Bar. that's my line. Well, you that's didn't say it first, hell? so I took it. That's cultural appropriation. <laughs> Assume me. Oh, wait, you can't. You're Canadian. <laughs> United Nations complaint, here we come. Hey, oh, yeah. Uh, Krios, hey, Krios puts the A in A. 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 <laughs> I'll just sit on Clipsy later. Ah. Ooh, you can sit on me anytime, bro. Anytime. <laughs> Wait, why are you giving permission for this? Well, I am the CEO, so, you know. You are. You're running the show. That's right. Yeah. He gets to sit on anybody who wants. <laughs> for better or worse. And with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Bird Life. Season 3, The Squawkening in Space. I was Storm Griffin, and we were joined tonight by Arnpour, Drezzle, Eclipse, and the legendary Hoof Hoof. Krios, Beep. thank you so much. And remember, number one, always pay your taxes. 
And two, always be beeping. Always be beeping. Always be beeping. Always be screeching. I had to ruin it. <laughs> Jerk. You broke the chain! <laughs> I had to, I had to you can't do break. that! We got traditions here, damn it! <laughs> You're going down like a contraboss. 